The Spanish Announce Table. It is another week, and I am excited. Tom, I swear I can hardly contain myself. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. It is the 298th episode of the Spanish Announce Table. Tom, how in all of the bluest of hells, as The Rock might say, he, he might say that, are you? Man, I'm doing well. I, I'm a little bit fatigued. I'm glad that we have a night off from pro wrestling, as I told you off air. Every night this week, Sunday is the start of uh, a week, according to the calendars. Every night, except for the night we're going to talk about pro wrestling, there is going to be pro wrestling. So I'll do a quick recap. Sunday night, Payback. Monday night, Raw. Tuesday night, NXT. Wednesday night, Dynamite. We're talking about it tonight. Friday night, SmackDown. Saturday night, All Out. And good night. It's been fun. See, if on the seventh day you rested, that's a day for reflection. And if you need help with your reflection and maybe a guidance on your spiritual wrestling journey, let us be that for you here at the Spanish announce table. Yeah, but I'm really good. Things are well. It was my wife's birthday. It was the first one since we've been married. We've been married six months now, so she still hasn't divorced me, so... Yay me. Six months, huh? So you can't get it annulled now, right? Like that's past. Right. So it's it's real. We're live, brother. <laughs> yeah, we're live, brother. <laughs> if you ever like do something that makes her mad and you're like, what? What are you going to divorce me? No, but I'm always just like, uh, sometimes as we're driving around the city, uh, there will be some really cool apartment complexes and I'll just be like, when you leave me, I think I'm going to look into this place. I've told you plenty of times. I'm like, hey, man, if I called, ask for a place to stay, like, you shouldn't be too surprised. Likewise, right? Yeah, exactly the same with you. But so, yeah, it was her birthday. We spent it kind of subdued because of COVID, right? Can't do too many crazy things right now, which is good. Uh, I mean, it sucks for the economy and for those industries that are affected, but you get what I'm saying. It's important to think of others and not try to infect them with a disease that uh, could kill them. Anyhow. Doesn't sound very presidential of you, Tom. Yeah, you fuck them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just fuck them. Uh, he's, a, he's a selfish prick. Um, so, we celebrated. Uh, we had cake, uh, ice cream cake. Uh, I got her. I love uh, ice cream cake. God, that's the best cake. It's ice cream and cake. Yeah, so the chocolate in there serves as the uh, brownie, kind of serves as the cake, and then obviously the ice cream serves as the ice cream. Uh, so that was the dessert. Got her some gifts uh, that she really likes. Got her a Bloodsport t-shirt because she loves the movie Bloodsport. So I got her a Kumite Jean-Claude Van Damme shirt. It's amazing. Uh, she loves taking uh, baths, especially as it gets colder outside. So I got her this thing called a bath caddy, which goes across the bath. Uh, she can set her book or her phone on that. There's a little place for wine or a drink. Uh, so I got her that as well. And then her favorite man is not me, unfortunately. I wish it was, but her favorite man is arguably the greatest fighter of all time, George St. Pierre. So I got her a plush action figure uh, to go alongside her picture that she has in her room of her and George St. Pierre. So uh, added to that shrine. Hey, man, uh, if you're number two to GSP, I mean. Right. If you're silvering, if you're silver yeah. medal to GSP, take it, man. Yeah, exactly. Day. So there's there's way worse things than being second place to GSP. But it was also so in the time that we've lasted our podcast, uh, it was my wife's birthday. But then it was also our pup's birthday 
on September 2nd. And so we took her to the local hardware store that has all the dog treats. Uh, and it's called Ace Hardware for people who aren't aware. We took her there. It was her sixth birthday. The old Betty's getting old. She walked up and down the, her, the aisles and picked out her favorite treat. Uh, got a toy as well, got her a birthday treat to go along with the other items that she got. And uh, we took her on a bunch of strolls and belly rubs. So yeah, it was all in all a really fun week for everyone but me. You didn't have any fun in there. You know, you know, it's for others. There was just no attention about me. Yeah, there's nothing about me, guys. What was I doing? I had to like make plans and stuff. Yeah, I had to be the uh, the conductor of all of these plans. Like I had to set them in motion and I had to execute. That's a lot of pressure. And the MC, and that's a tough gig. That is. I did, as I was telling you uh, also off air, I ate shit today. In my CrossFit workout, uh, there was three different 1200 meter runs. And in my second 12 meter, 1200 meter run, when you're tired, your legs kind of drag and my legs dragged and I didn't get them up as the uh, plane uh, kind of changed the elevation and I tripped and I fucking ate it. My knee is all scraped up and bloodied my elbow, my palms. I got a little scratch on my face too. Oh, it fucking hurt. And here's the worst thing. It was during rush hour. So there was a bunch of fucking cars that saw it. Yeah, that was my week. What about you? We have done a lot of food prep. I, I told you we've been doing all that gardening. We'd been harvesting a bunch of stuff. Then we were like, oh, man, we got too much food. Now what to do, right? Now we got to figure out what to do with it. So like, I had to freeze some of it, had to preserve some of it. We had had some air conditioning work done at our house, and the guy to access some of it was upstairs on the upper level and had went through the ceiling. And so they'd sit on a company Jesus. to fix that. And that was an ordeal. That took like three days because they got to come back and they got like paint. So we kind of dealt with that. But we did get some time. My wife and my son, swim trunk, you know, as we call them here, uh, we went out to a place in Overland Park called D-Bat and we did some batting cages. And that was fun, man. I don't know if you ever heard of this place, right? But you go there, you get this. I mean, you know what a batting cage is, right? So you get up there and you can pick oh, yeah. baseball, softball. You can pick all your speeds. You can raise it. You can lower mm-hmm. it. You can you just get all these credits and you just go, you know, wild. And we went like middle of the day when other people are at work because this was like, an, I don't even remember what day exactly this was. It was middle of the standard work week. Just got to go crazy out there. Got to just go wild, man. Homer like a champion, you know. Of course, every single one. Every single one, right? Never miss. But that place was awesome. I highly recommend that with D-Bat. I grew up in the batting cages. Uh, Over in the eastern side of Kansas City, there's batting cages and little nooks and crannies of the city that you Mm -hmm. just never think of. Yeah, it felt like an industrial park, but you pull up and there's just this little place, right? Right, exactly. Uh, My stepdad, he grew up baseball. Baseball is his... Uh, you know, for me, it's pro wrestling for him. It's baseball. That gives you kind of the, uh, insight into what he loves. Uh, he played minor league baseball for the Oakland athletics. And so when I was growing up, you know, he was still trying to stay active. And obviously as he got older, he played in like competitive softball leagues, you know, men's softball leagues, yep. things like that. So we always grew up in a batting dude, cage just every single dude, you're day. Speaking my language, my, my father, you know, I had an uncle who was minor leagues for the, I think Cardinals or something like that. And, uh, it was just softball, right? Uh, the police department, softball league, oh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. My stepbrother plays uh, in a competitive uh, men's softball league that travels the country. So he lives in Florida. He'll play games in Georgia. He'll play games in oh, Texas. Wow. He'll come up to New York. No, we did the state tournaments. Like, I remember going to that when I was kids, but that was about as far as at least I ever remember going. 
my stepdad and his family, like I said, my stepbrother and the rest of them, they're all baseball. The all-star of that family uh, was the starting catcher for the Minnesota Twins for, I think, 12 years. His name's Terry Steinbach. Like I said, batting cages, yeah, I'm very familiar uh, I always preferred the fielding and pitching. I don't know. Like batting is awesome, right? It's always fun to like hit the sweet spot spot on the bat and fucking, you know, have it go 300 feet or whatever it is. But I just love the like, you know what I can do with this fucking baseball? I can put my two fingers right on this side of the ball and spin it. And that's a fucking curveball, And you're not going to hit it. Like, I like that. So yeah. I don't know. Interesting. But, yeah, yeah. But other than that, the better half uh, has just left, Tom. That's uh, we were a little delayed starting our recording. I'm sure you were sitting there like, what the fuck is this guy taking so long? Uh, she's getting every to, week. She's gauging every week. Uh, what's new? Uh, she's getting ready to go out. Uh, they're going to do their uh, girls trip. They're going to go do some hiking. So is it? Hold on. Is this? Uh, I always got to ask because one of these trips it might be this way. Is this uh, going to get milk? Catch you in a couple days. Or is this a, hey, I'm actually going to be back on Thursday. She packed a few things to kind of get by on a hiking trip, right? Just what you might need to survive, right? So, uh, maybe. All right, we'll check back next week. Maybe. We will check back next week. Yeah, by next week's episode, she will supposedly be back, right? She should be back by 299, which, by the way, Tom, we got to uh, figure out something for 300 or maybe we don't. Well, let's. How about this? We do. Let's do this. So we've got a couple weeks until episode three hundred. Let's just put it out there for the listening audience. We've talked about it offline. We thought it was a good idea. Let's just execute it now here on air on the three hundredth episode. By the time that episode airs, the loser of our all-out picks will have to post their video for the listening audience who doesn't know exactly what that means. What we are going to do is we're going to go into our all-out picks. Uh, as we've mentioned before, AW we do uh, stakes to them because it's not each and every week or every other week uh, like, or every week like it was in WWE this past month. But we put stakes on who wins and who loses. Last time I lost, I had to have uh, some hot sauce that uh, definitely made me feel like shit for a long time. Uh, and what we're going to do this time around is we're going to put a poll on our Twitter, maybe Facebook, I don't know, but most likely just Twitter, and you can vote. And there's going to be three different options of entrances from iconic wrestlers, right? And we'll figure out who that is in a little bit. But Nails is one of them. Yeah, sure. It, it, Nails, uh, Stone Cold. R-Truth. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. I'll, you know, R-Truth might not be a bad That would be funny. <laughs> That would be very funny. So the loser has to perform the entrance of the winner of the poll. So if that makes sense, uh, I will explain it in a little bit different. So there's going to be a poll on our Twitter page. You will vote on your favorite entrance of the three options. Whoever wins uh, the, the entrance, that's what the loser has to perform. Right. Their cliche, you know, ring entrance, like, you know, music, maneuvers, et cetera. All the stuff. We got to do our own little, you know, satire, you know, mimicking of that. So the, that's what we will do on top of a special episode for 300 is. And, and post that public for everyone to see. We will post that on all of our social media. Also, pr probably share it on our own personal uh, social media accounts. So, uh, be on the lookout. Tom, I'm excited to watch you do this. I'm excited for you. This is going to be great because, you know, usually I am uh, the, the end of these jokes, and it's going to be a great turn of events for you to be embarrassed. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So, hey, let's get into it. And while we do these picks, we're also going to catch up on the uh, 
last two weeks of Dynamite. As you guys remember, two weeks ago, Dynamite was on a Thursday, which we were uh, recording our episode, so we didn't get a chance to talk about that. And then obviously last night was Good episode. Uh, Dynamite as well. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. The first match, and I'm just going off of Wikipedia, so I don't know exactly the order, but the order isn't necessarily important. We're just going to talk about it, right? The first match on this card that I'm looking on Wikipedia, it has Britt Baker with Rebel versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Now, uh, I don't know what a tooth and nail match means. Uh, I don't think it was explained, uh, but we got Britt Baker making her return post-injury, taking on Big Swole. Who you got? This is a tough one because I, if Baker's able to go finally, I feel like they might drag this out, right? I, this isn't it, so I feel like the heel wins. So I'm going to go Britt Baker. Not to just play it safe, but I agree with you. Now, here's the thing that's weird. Two weeks ago, Big Swole won her handicap match to name the stipulation. Again, she named a match called Tooth and Nail, which no one really knows the rules, and it hasn't been explained. A tooth and nail are on a pole, Tom. Must what, be. Do you not understand wrestling? Yeah, I guess. Right. You should always assume if you don't know the, the match type, it's just going to be on a pole. Tooth and a nail are on a pole. And the first one to poke the person's eye out wins the match. Tom, do you watch? I guess I don't. Do you even wrestling, bro? Yeah, I guess I don't. But what I think is interesting is Big Swole picked the stipulation. It wasn't talked about. So that's weird. Yeah, see, that throws a monkey wrench into things. So that's where Swole could win, but Baker's then like, what the hell? This was a blah, 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 and gets a rematch. I still think Baker wins this by some kind of wrestling heel tricks, right? And we get the continuation next week on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, so you could go one of two ways. You could either have Rebel messes up again and cost Britt Baker the match. Big Swole gets the victory. Hey, isn't that awesome? Or you could do Rebel finally comes through for Britt Baker through distraction or shenanigans. Uh, Big Swole gets, you know, rolled rolled up on or uh, gets distracted and then Britt Baker hits her finisher, something like that. But I won't foreshadow too much, but I think Britt Baker gets the victory because they need to build this women's division a little bit more. And I think she's going to be front and center in that building of the women's division. You know what? This pro wrestling thing, I just figured it out. It's got a lot of shenanigans. Does have a lot of shenanigans. That is a uh, tried and true process in all pro wrestling promotions. That is definitely true. Hey, speaking of shenanigans, we got another kind of shenanigans match. Uh, We have Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. And if Matt Hardy loses, he leaves AEW. Now, again, I don't know what a broken rules match is either. I do know if the loser, Matt Hardy in this case, if he loses this match, he has to leave AEW. So, Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy, what do you got? That one's tough because it's Matt Hardy. He could have been on some weird deal. He might be leaving. Well, what you could do, because Matt Hardy's a fucking psychopath, is he can come back as a different version of Matt Hardy, yeah. right? He can be yeah, none of it matters. Damascus. It's those shenanigans again. Right. I'm going to say Sammy Guevara. I just feel like they're going to go back to this Matt Hardy. The whole point was to put Sammy over, so I'm going to go Sammy. I'm going to go Matt Hardy. Sammy Guevara won the tables match, so I would think it'd be weird if Matt Hardy lost two consecutive matches and then left and came back, like I said, as Damascus or whatever. Right. Fuck. Damn it. I'm going Matt Hardy. fucking dancing. Yep. All right, here we go. Uh, We have Jurassic Express versus the winners, the Young Bucks. Uh, There you go. 
What? It's Jurassic, Jurassic Ex- Express versus Young Bucks? Yeah, versus the winners, the Young Bucks. So you're picking Young Bucks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only thing I think... Yeah. Uh, the only thing I think will be different about this uh, is you might, as they alluded to in the uh, last week's ep- or the, the latest episode of Dynamite, uh, the Hardys were kind of pricks. Or excuse me, I keep calling them the Hardys. The Buck- Young Bucks, same fucking thing. Uh, the Young Bucks were kind of pricks. And so I think we might see a heel version, which might allude to another <sighs> pick I have later. But uh, I mean, maybe you get Hangman cost in the match again. Hey, if you want to die on that uh, sword, by all means, jump on it. That's fine with me. Nah, I'm going Young Bucks. Like, uh, let's talk about that though, huh? What what happened there? I mean, I, I mean, maybe we can dive into it more later. But like, uh, well, so yeah, Hangman's out. Hangman gets kicked out of the Elite. Then you go fast forward to last night's episode of Dynamite. Omega is doing an in ring interview with Tony Schiavone. FTR alongside Tully Blanchard walks out. Kenny Omega says, hey, it's three on one, so I'm going to get my shots in. Uh, you better watch out, old man. And again, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, that brings out Hangman Adam Page. Uh, he kind of tries to defuse the situation. And then FTR just turns on him, says, hey, Hangman, uh, we didn't play you. This is all you. This is all your selfish acts. You're, you were the one that made all of this bad decisions. We did nothing. Which I love. I told you, there's been a feel with Hangman for a while that like he's kind of staring off in the... Like, you always feel like he's kind of like, fuck. Like he had just fucking walked in on his parents having sex, you know? Well, he definitely seems conflicted. So, the way the, the segment ended is uh, FTR had the tag team belts in their hands, and I forget how that happened, but they had the tag team belts in their hands. They kind of just throw them at the feet. I bet it was shenanigans. It probably was shenanigans. But they uh, throw them at the feet of Hangman Adam Page. Adam Page picks up the belts, and he goes to hand the other belt to Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega is already outside of the ring walking back to the entrance. So it's left Hangman Adam Page by himself. FTR says, hey, you're a psycho. We didn't really like you anyhow. And Kenny Omega is a lover scorned kind of and is walking off probably to join the rest of the members of the elite. You're weird. You wind up with a horse at this place every time we're here. Right, exactly. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm interested. I, I like it. It's very interesting, too, where we've done faction split or like a person gets kicked out of a faction, but yet they're still tag team champs. Well, because they didn't lose, right? Like the, the, the breakup happened before they could lose the match, which is definitely interesting. The aspect of that match, and we can get into that as our uh, next match here, that I like is Kenny Omega and Adam Page have never said we're the best team. They just say we're the best two wrestlers and we're the tag team champs. So that could still hold true, right? They could just defend against FTR and be like, hey, we hate each other, but we're the fucking best. So who's going to beat us? No one. We're our, yeah, the best ever. They're doing that in WWE with Baszler and um, and Jax. You know, they're like, I don't like you. You suck, but. Not even that you suck. Like, I don't like you. Like, you generally, like, I just don't like you, but so, we're winning, so fuck it. Yeah, so we could see something there. But, yeah, let's get into that. Uh, we'll jump around here just a little bit. So we do have, uh, as I mentioned, the tag team champions, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR with Tully Blanchard. Uh, who are you taking in this? I think it's finally FTR wins this. I mean, I think we said this, right? That, like, the only people taking these off and the only way it would happen is an implosion and it would be this winner of the FTR bucks. So I think that still holds true. I think FTR wins this. That's the whole reason they're there. So I've got FTR as well, but what I've got 
uh, and we won't risk any points or anything like that. But Yeah, we don't really do that yeah. here, right? We're just doing a generalized count them up. But what I think will happen is FTR will get the victory clean, right? I think it'll be not clean, but they'll they'll beat uh, Kenny they'll Omega. They'll do heel shit, but they'll win it by a pinfall. You know what I mean? Right. And then that's when you get Adam Page and Kenny Omega kind of in like, oh, you know, that was... We we really gave it our all. That was a that was a great run. And then this is where, as I alluded to, with the Young Bucks uh, beating Luchasaurus, this is where we get the heel turn from Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the Elite, beat the shit out of Adam Page post match. They go heel. Adam Page then gets set up to be you know rocketed to the top, and he becomes the cowboy shit riding in on horses kind of guy i don't even know if we need this i just think the elite may just break up i think we've got this nightmare family thing going on that takes cody away i think the young bucks will do their own thing maybe omega just turns heel we get that hangman conflicted like nobody fucking loves me kind of a thing right i just think maybe we just dissolve the elite so i think just kind of well no i mean possibly right anything's possible i still think they're gonna do the being the elite youtube videos as they've done for 200 episodes or whatever it is uh but i think this is where the american audience is going to like myself included where i've only read about it but really never seen it we're gonna get exposed to the cleaner kenny omega right not the best match bout guy or whatever this is the heel kenny omega who took out aj styles to become the leader of the bullet club where the young bucks were doing all their super kicks to adam cole and also aj styles and stuff like kenny omega i've always heard about because i haven't seen that yeah this is gonna be the i'm wearing sunglasses to the ring i have shiny fucking coats i'm gonna beat anyone's ass here the cleaner kenny omega is i think who we're gonna see with alongside oh is that his name the cleaner yeah he was known as kind of like the hitman it was like the jap you know new japan pro wrestling version of the hitman right alongside the young bucks who are kind of going to be assholes too because let's be honest the young bucks need to go heel because they're kind of floundering with the we're the best right and it's like well you keep losing so i don't know uh, so they got to do something as well so that's why i think kenny omega post-match after losing to ftr him alongside the young bucks just beat the shit out of adam page so let's get back down to kind of the order that we're going in uh we've got the dark order which consists of Brody lee colt cabana evil uno and Stu grayson taking on the nightmare family which consists of matt cardona scorpio sky and the natural nightmares dustin rhodes and qt marshall eight-man tag uh, just a traditional eight-man tag match. What do you think happens? Man, I don't know. I, I will definitely see Cody, but that's why I don't know if it swings. This definitely continues past All Out. But I just don't know really where to go with who gets the win here, right? So I feel like I'm just pulling a trigger either way. Because I feel like either way, they can continue the story, right? Like, I, I could definitely write either way here. So I'm going to say... It'd be real cool if Cody showed up and was with the Dark Order, but I don't think we're going to get that. And I think he's going to swing the win for Nightmare Family, but then Dark Order retaliates on on Dynamite. So I'm going to go Nightmare Family. You're going Nightmare Family. What a loser. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, this is the Dark Order to fuck shit up. Like you got to keep building this faction. And so I think this is a, just a hodgepodge of a nightmare family. Like the one thing that makes me think the dark orders winning this is the inclusion of Scorpio sky on the nightmare family, right? Like 
he's SCU. He's not Nightmare Family. So I get it. He had a good match with Cody for the TNT Championship, yada, yada, yada. But that seems like a hodgepodge kind of collage of a team where the Dark Order is a unit. And I think you need to have that dark cloud solidify itself as a ominous threat to the rest of the roster. So I've got the Dark Order. Here's where I think it's going to be really important, though. They could go super WWE, right? I think I don't think we see Cody. I think Cody's going to stay off TV for a little bit longer. If I'm wrong, I would not be shocked if you see Matt Cardona picking up a pinfall victory over Brody Lee, and then now we have Brody Lee versus Matt Cardona for the TNT Championship, yada, 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 right? But I don't think that's going to happen. I think this match is to solidify the Dark Order means business, I really feel the person that's going to shine in this match and get a little bit more story arc is going to be Colt Cabana. This is where he, I think, is going to make that turn from, hey, guys, what's going on here? That guy's just hanging out in the background, man. Yeah, but I I think he's going to go from the, man, we're doing some weird things. This doesn't seem right to like, hey, I love this shit. I was actually behind it. I've been telling Brody Lee to be doing these attacks. Yeah, if somebody's somebody's giving a a Kansas City cunt punt to somebody. Yeah, I think think the turning point in the match is going to be some heel tactic behind the ref's back from Colt Cabana. It's it. He does that to Matt Cardona. Yeah. Exactly, right. and that's where we're going to be and like... And that spurns a few between those two. Yeah, so that's where I think you're going to get, though, oh, shit, maybe Colt Cabana is in the cult. It's Colt right. Cabana. And so uh, I've got the Dark Order in that one. Cool, you're losing. You are so losing. This is great. Uh, God, it's like... I do feel like I'm losing. I know. <laughs> it's like you're giving this to me. I love it, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, now we've got up next is the 21-man Casino Battle Royal where the winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. A lot of guys in this, but there is a TBD. So are you taking someone we've heard of already announced in the match, or are you taking TBD? You got names in front of you? Yeah, so here you go. This is who I uh, show, again, according to Wikipedia, and I'll try to go uh, as quick as possible. We got Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, Billy, Austin, Jake Hager, Santana, Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and then TBD. So what do you got? The TBD is really a wild card. That sucks, right? Well, TBD won last year. Remember, the TBD was Hangman Adam Page, who came in as the Joker uh, and won the whole damn thing. So does that happen two years in a row? Yeah, I'm going to go Lance Archer. Mm, All right. I like that pick. So hold on. Who do you think TBD is? Let's have a little fun there. This doesn't have to be a part of the picks, but who do you think TBD is? Rusev? Yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? We haven't heard anything from Rusev, huh? Uh, we have. Well, we had COVID. That's the last time I've heard from him, and he got kicked off Twitch, I believe, as well. Dude, Rusev would fit well in AEW. I think his personality and his character, like, you know, his zaniness. That's true. I'm going to go bold. This might cost me, right? If we're going 50-50 on our other picks and and I go bold here, where I don't think Lance Archer could win, but he definitely could, right? uh, Everyone dies. A battle royal fits that gimmick to a T. It's an easy heel for a world champion to beat. Right. Well, and just like his whole thing, even when he was being... um, given those uh, vignettes was just a mass number of people he was just beating the shit out of, right? Well, they kept talking about his record. Yeah. You know? So definitely could happen. I'm going to be bold. I don't think it's going to be Rusev or Miro or whatever we're going to call him. I think we're going to see someone we haven't seen in a while, and I think it's going to be the bastard Pac. 
Mmm, Pac, nice. Man, if you hit that, you definitely won. Like, if Pac pull, comes out and wins this thing, I'm going to start my dancing routines. There you go, yep. I think we haven't heard from him in a while. I think there's a reason for that. He's still done promos. He did one promo during this quarantine uh, time where he kind of said, Orange Cassidy, I still hate you, all that kind of stuff. I think this would be a good pop for the you know pay-per-view audience but then someone that we're not paying new money to like a miro or rusev whatever we're gonna call him so i think we're gonna see the return of Pac. that's my hope at least so i'm going Pac. because then i think you know what i think would be cool is you know eddie kingston gets his little group of you know as he's the king of the indies which includes ray phoenix and pentagon jr you know it's the three on one maybe they're beating up billy then the next person is Pac. And then Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix have to answer for what they did by breaking up the death triangle. And then they're like, oh, shit. And Pac just fucking cleans house. And maybe that's how he wins. That's what I would do. Yeah, sure. That's going to happen. It might. There's crazier things that's happened. All right. Now let's get shenanigans happen all the time. Shenanigans happen all the time. All right. Now let's get into the AEW Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion, taking on Sheeta, the AEW Women's Champion, uh, what do you think happens here? It would be news if, like, NWA won the title, and, but uh, it's definitely Sheeta. Yeah, I think it's going to be Sheeta as well, and I think it's going to be Sheeta because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think Britt Baker is going to be the heel that really elevates this women's division, and the contrast between Sheeta and Britt Baker is just you know, ready for oh. television and they have a history, right? Remember Sheeta broke the face of Britt Baker a few months back. So we've got some heat there that we can revisit and Britt Baker can carry a promo by herself. She's shown with big swole. She doesn't need a secondary partner to get over. So I think this helps Sheeta, and then I think it would help Britt Baker. So I've got Sheeta retaining. So now let's get into the Mimosa Mayhem match. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy match can be won by pinfall submission or throwing your opponent into a tank of mimosa. First of all, I love Chris Jericho. Yeah, just the greatest idea. The mimosa mayhem. It's orange juice and a little bit of the bubbly. It's fucking perfect. He's just a genius. The thing that worries me here is that it's pinfall submission or throwing your opponent into a mimosa Mm -hmm. vat. I'm a little worried we don't get the payoff because they've they've said that from the very beginning. Pinfall submission or, mm-hmm. right, which is weird. Usually these matches are this is mm-hmm. how you win it and somebody's going in it. So that makes me worried that Jericho still wins, but God, man, can they keep dragging this out? But then if they don't keep dragging it out, like, I mean, it's working. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. You know, so I don't, oh. Yeah, I loved it. I love this feud. This is one of my favorite feuds in all pro wrestling. You pick first. I've picked first on a lot of these. What, what do you got on this? All right, I've got Orange Cassidy. I think Chris Jericho swimming in a mimosa, you know, trying to get out, very similar to like when he got doused in his jacket. I could even see the jacket making an appearance during this match, and then he still holds on to it and gets thrown into the mimosa with the jacket on again, right? Like the jacket gets oranger. He could do that. That would be easy. Uh, obviously, Chris Jericho can lose the rest of the matches in his career and still be 
Chris fucking Jericho, right? Like it's not a big deal if he loses this. He's he's a top ten of all time, undoubtedly, if you're paying attention at all, right? He should be in anybody's book a top ten of all time at least. Definitely. And so with that, you know, he doesn't need to win this match. I think Orange Cassidy does. I think if he gets thrown in that mimosa, you could easily do the like, I don't give a shit. And he's just hanging out. And maybe he stays there the rest of the night where he just is like, I'm not getting out. I kind of like it in here. And he's just fine with it. And he gets a little straw and maybe drinks uh, some mimosa during the main event or whatever it is. I think this elevates Orange Cassidy. He wins the feud with Chris Jericho. I feel in my gut, this is just a hunch that I have. I feel like post-Orange Cassidy feud, we may see an implosion of the inner circle. They kind of feel a tad stale, for lack of a better term. As I mentioned with the Elite, the Elite can go heel, and that gives them new life, right? Now they can go attack the baby faces, and this is something we've never seen before. You don't think we can get a face run out of I don't think we can. Well, I think we can get a face run out of Chris Jericho. I don't think we can get a face run out of the inner circle. So I think... Oh, I think we could. I definitely think you could. Who's cheering for Jake Hager? Give Hager only the stupidest, like, dummy lines, right? The yep, uh uh-huh, the what would you say, right? Like that kind of stupid shit. But everybody else... Yeah, Sammy Guevara and San- LAX. I for like, yeah. I keep forgetting Santana uh, and Ortiz. They they already have comedy to their name, and Sammy does, and Jericho. So I think I think you could pull it off easily. I think you could, but I don't think they will. I think uh, again, post Orange Cassidy feud, we may see Chris Jericho start yeah, they, to point they the fingers. Feel like the three man band, right? I think. Uh, I think he starts pointing the fingers at the inner circle of why he lost that feud to uh, to Orange Cassidy. And so for those reasons, I've got Orange Cassidy winning this match. Yeah, that's what my gut tells me, too. I mean, the only thing I just keep for whatever reason, but, you know, maybe I'll look back and wish I would have made this pick, you know, when I'm dancing. Um, but I just, you know, that or keeps throwing me like, so like I could see some shenanigans, you know, shenanigans happen all the time mm-hmm. where Hager comes in and gives him the old, you know, ovarian delight. And then we get a pinfall, right. Or a submission, but no, I'm going to say Cassidy. Now let's get into the main event. We have the world heavyweight champion, John Moxley taking on MJF where, Moxley is banned from using his paradigm move in the match. Also, to to continue, uh, MJF has Wardlow by his side during this match as well. Yeah, Moxley wins this. I think so. They're still big time in it. They're still trying to be like, hey, USA Today, look at us. And, and I don't think MJF fits that bill quite yet. I agree. I think what you can do here to make MJF still seem viable and I've actually never lost is by Wardlow getting up on the apron that actually helps John Moxley John Moxley hits the paradigm shift behind the ref's back that gets the one two three then MJF is saying you should have never got that move that move was banned in this match I never really lost we deserve better to see you but my lawyer won't right he won't go near you yeah and uh that we deserve better usually only works when it's the heel from underneath as the champion, him saying we deserve better, it's like, well, you're the fucking champ. What are you talking about? Like, But I think they like that we deserve better during election year, so I think he rides that out for the rest of 2020. He has to lose that to then keep his gripe, keep his uh, venom towards the rest of the world. He can still look like a million bucks if... The ref doesn't see the paradigm shift. John Moxley gets the win because ha, 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 I'm anti-authority. You know, cosplay Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do what I want. 
and I won the match. Yeah, it's still Moxley because, yeah, it's just, like I said, they still want the attention when they bring in, you know, the next Mike Tyson wannabe. They want the eyes on, the Moxley's a name they heard, oh. right? Jericho's a name people have heard. Yeah. Cody is somebody they can sell, you know? Like, it's just not, I don't know that MJF is there yet. MJF is mm-hmm. great for wrestling yeah, I agree. fans. Uh, I don't know about mainstream. You know, you mentioned the name Mike Tyson, and my uh, the wheels in my head started spinning what if Mike Tyson costs Chris Jericho the mimosa match and then we get back to the Chris Jericho Mike Tyson funness uh, because Tyson's match with Roy Jones Jr. has been postponed a little bit. Very much. They already yeah. they mentioned Tyson, what, two weeks ago? That could easily happen. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, mm-hmm. a week ago. We're recording yeah. this Thursday, so that was last Thursday, right. but that two episodes ago. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know. That would... Again, Maybe. I don't like the Tyson involvement, Maybe. even though he is Mike Tyson, and he'll get you every headline on Bleacher Report and Twitter and all of that stuff. He just yeah, he's a car crash. You got to watch. Yeah, but he just is the shits as far as pro wrestling. Hey, let's turn to the uh, since we're talking about AEW, uh, we didn't we forgot to address these last week, and that's hashtag Tweet the Tables. Um, if you're using Twitter at home, watching wrestling, listening to this show, whatever, use hashtag tweet the table. Let us know what you think. We might read some of them here. And uh, at heavyset330 said, I love how well AEW uses independent talent. Hashtag tweet the table, which we're getting here, right? Thunder Rosa, independent, right? Again, what is independent, right? We mm-hmm. keep, you know, we brought mm-hmm. this up maybe last week or a few episodes ago. NWA. Uh, is that yeah, when, independent these days? Because it used to be what you were independent from. Right, exactly. And with the money that Billy Corgan has, I mean, that doesn't feel that independent. You know, if you compare uh, the yeah. NWA to our local Journey Pro. He's fucking so, rich. That's what I'm saying. Dude, he is rich. Yeah, you compare those two organizations. One's not like the other. Even though I agree with what Heavy Set is saying uh, in spirit. For the most part, these independent talents, Eddie Kingston comes to mind, right? He's being pushed to the moon right now. He already has his faction three weeks into being signed. All of that great stuff. Where I start to get a little bit sour on how some of the you know stars of the independents have been treated in AEW, look at a guy like Joey Janela. So we had a match this week where it was Chris Jericho versus Joey Janela with Orange Cassidy at ringside, and it was essentially a squash match. And Joey Janela, you know, this time last year was jumping off of roofs and making headlines in the pro wrestling world with just his crazy insanity. He even had that amazing match with John Moxley at Dynamite. I think it was a year ago. And now look at him. Now he's getting... Then he got punked out by Enzo at a carnival. So Well, that's a shoot. You can still make a character. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, anyone's beaten up. But again, you can do the not to Look, say. Look, I wouldn't want to fight Enzo at a carnival either, even if I thought I could kick his ass, right? I'd be like, dude, I'm not trying to fight you at a fucking carnival. Like, oh, I or would. it was a concert, right, or whatever the fuck it was. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh. Like, he's probably high on meth. Like, come on, stop. I'd get side control and try to stick a corn dog down his throat. Like, you motherfucker, <laughs> shut the fuck up. That's a microphone for your dumb ass. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, S-A-W-S. Yeah. <laughs> You're just shoving that fucking corn, corn dog down his throat. Uh, but you can do fun things with them. And I just feel like someone like that, where last year it felt that the Scorpio Skies, Joey Janela's Sunny Kisses, uh, even Evil Unos were getting this almost mid-card to main event push. Now, a year later, it's Matt Cardona, FTR. It's like, wait a minute. What are we doing here? And so I agree, but also there's some examples where 
maybe we're not treating the independents as great as we first thought they would. Before we move on, we did touch, uh, well, we missed a little bit of news here that maybe uh, we should discuss at Ronald Mackin, uh, Ronald D. Mackin. Um, you know what else? Ronald B. Mackin as well. This is at table show. I think Brock will do what Brock wants to do. UFC, AEW, All Japan. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, Brock's WWE contract, no more. What will Brock do? Brock will do what Brock will do. What will Brock do, Tom? Well, Brock will re-sign WWE. See you at Survivor Series, Brock. Excited to see you. So he can squash Roman. Yeah. Excited to see the babyface Brock take on Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. So cool to get to see that next year at WrestleMania. See you, see you at Survivor Series there, Brock. In the Thunderdome. Yeah, so cool. So cool. See, now, if you're being real, right, if I had Brock Lesnar's ear and I could influence his decision-making, I would say you go do one fight for Bellator against old man Fedor, which everyone in MMA wanted in 2007, 2008, 2009, you know, that time period. You get the old man at the bar fight out of the way. Get the old man. Yeah. And that's the biggest fight in Bellator history. So they're going to give you, you know, seven to $10 million, right? They're going to give you you the bank. Yeah. They're going to give you the bank. That's a 20% of the company for this. (laughs) I mean, hell they might. Right. And, (laughs) and that's a totally winnable fight. That is money in the bank. Is Fedor the one who had the coach claim one of the fighters used voodoo against him? I don't know. Possibly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... His, I think his, that happened. Yeah, his, I think Fedor's like manager claimed that like the other fighter tried to use like tried to sacrifice a goat. That you know, definitely <laughs> could be. Those them. those Russian uh, MMA coaches can sometimes get a little sideways on you. But I think that's the <laughs> most winnable fight for him to do, where he earns the most money and takes the least amount of risk, and then he can take that and go back to WWE at uh, excuse me at WrestleMania time. Then do the, I'm the baby face taking on Roman. Everyone loves Brock again. And now we're off to the races for another year and a half. But see you at Survivor Series, Brock. Cool. We've got two more tweet tables, but I'll save them for as we, uh, as the subject matter pertains. And that's up to you folks at home too. use hashtag tweet table. Like I said, uh, you get some fun ones. It might help us segue. We might think it's funny. Uh, we might think it's poignant. If I can mm. use a, a $5 word. Speaking of $5. If you want to give us $5 because you just love what we're talking about, go to our website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a donate button up there. It's pretty easy to find. It's on PayPal. Just send us some money, right? Five bucks goes a long way to, uh, you know, podcast. Indeed it does. Yes, definitely helps us. The starving artist keeping this this conversation. I am am hungry. Yeah, it keeps this conversation free of those advertisers, right? So – uh, support us supporting you and giving you the wisdom and gospel of pro wrestling. Let's get into now the biggest story I think of the week. And as I just mentioned, Roman Reigns is now your SmackDown Universal Champion. Uh, he took the championship after a three way match between him, Braun Strowman, and champion Bray Wyatt at the time. He has sided with Paul Heyman. Again, we record this on a Thursday night, so we haven't seen the coronation on SmackDown and really him talk, or if he does talk, maybe Paul Heyman does it all for him. But your initial reaction as Roman Reigns is a Paul Heyman guy. I love all of it. I love all of it. And this is the most... We've talked about let's let Roman have his personality. Dude, he's demonstrated so much more personality now 
Like his every bit when he was in there trying to get those pinfall victories and they kept kicking out like all of it. Man, this is the best Roman we've seen yet. And I want to see more. I love it. I think this is the absolute perfect time to do it. And what I mean by that is if you would have done the heel turn in front of a live audience, you would have got the exact wrong reaction. Everyone would have thought they're the smartest wrestling fan in the world. And they would have cheered it. And oh my God, you know, you're trying to get Roman Reigns booed, but the whole crowd just erupts into to cheers and they think they knew that this was going to happen the entire time, right? right. Well, with no audience... You can't influence the the viewer at home, and so it does right, come he's across. Two K fourteen booth, right? Exactly, and it's like, yeah, that is a dick move, and no one's cheering. So I'm gonna lean into those feelings. You're not influenced by a crowd saying, "No, like, no, 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 this is actually cool." Because easily, sometimes, uh, just like the Becky Lynch heel turn at SummerSlam a couple t- uh, years ago, we as the audience say no, and then the viewers at home go, "Yeah, I agree with that. No, fuck that. We're not booing Becky." Well, with this, you can't do that. And so I think this is the absolute perfect time to try a Roman Reigns heel turn because no one can come in and you can pump in whatever noise you want. I think it worked really well. I like how it all went down. I like just, ah, like all, and, and Paul Heyman was recently kind of persona non grata. So it was kind of a left turn that you wouldn't have expected. And I loved that episode where they sent Adam Pierce, by the way, Kansas City wrestling legend around here. They sent him to go get the three contract signatures, right? That's a great way to do a pro wrestling episode. It's furthering a long-term storyline. You still get all the matches throughout the night, but some guys got it for the main event storyline. He's got to go throughout the night chasing down these signatures, right? And he had to go to the Firefly Funhouse, which was great, right? He was the mailman. Yeah, what was uh, that about? Did someone give him that uniform? That was no, because remember, like when he walked in, he like looked at it and he kind of was like, "What the f- whatever," right? He right. was like, "Okay, wait." And Adam Pierce did an amazing job. Throughout all, Adam Pierce has been great. Did you see he broke his hand? No, uh uh-uh. So remember the go-home show to SummerSlam where Braun Strowman throws Bray Wyatt from the ledge onto the concrete and then the ambulance takes off, but then it starts to reverse back and then it's the fiend that comes out? Well, when it was going in reverse and Adam Pierce was telling the ambulance to go forward, he was hitting the damn uh, ambulance so hard that he broke the bone in his thumb because he was such... In character to tell this ambulance to go to go to the hospital or the medical facility, as wrestling calls it. But yeah, so he broke the. We've known this for a long time. Adam Pierce it was an amazing promo, and he did great work. Oh, he's awesome! I hope we get more Adam Pierce. Yeah, if there's ever another general manager on the main roster, it has to be Adam Pierce. At least that's what I would want. It's a fresh new face who can definitely uh, knock it out of the park. But that's what I mean. Like that's how easy it is to write a promising episode that is telling great long term storytelling right that's episodic programming and it was done exquisitely and so like the roman thing i just kind of it wasn't even triggering to me that like roman was turning necessarily heel you know that anything was going on i was just like he's like he's just not able to get him like something's going is somebody beating up roman is somebody tied him up is he in the fun house you know like what's going on and then when he was acting weird about like when he kept saying like you know fix the changes we said or whatever and i just didn't even expect Heyman. like all of it was a great swerve all of it i loved all of it yeah and i even loved moving forward to payback when he refused to sign it on the night of 
And then when the ring implodes, which I think was a little hokey, I wouldn't have done that. But I do like the you know well, it's, mi- what the third time we've done it now. It's like yeah, the same exact like it's the same exact way. You're right. And, it's and, all camera side. Exactly. Very true. But I liked how he walked hey, out. Pause. When they said Thunderdome, I thought we would get like a 360. They said drone cameras. Like we don't still need a camera side. Why are we do anyway? Whatever. Right. Yeah, I thought whatever. we'd get like a fucking theater in the round. I thought we'd get a full 360. Yeah, well, Tim, stop thinking, okay? Stop <sighs> thinking. But what I was going to say is- Dome. I, I like how- uh, right, Like circular, right? Like I, I got it. <laughs> I liked how uh, when Roman Reigns was walking up, then Paul Heyman presented the contract, and then he signed that he would be a part of this match. That was a great another heel tactic that just gets under uh-huh. your skin, right? Like, you fucking prick. Now you sign the damn thing when these two guys are unconscious, you know? I thought that was another good move uh, by the Paul Heyman-Roman Reigns era that we're about to see. And again, we'll get more details as tomorrow night's SmackDown uh, starts and kind of what that championship so, reign will look like. Let's talk about, overall, the, the idea that they're bringing back Roman Reigns, who... It's it's the biggest, you know, it's the worst kept secret in WWE that that's their guy, right? And they pulled the trigger on a full, legit, like this guy's a heel turn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something they didn't do with Cena. It's something they didn't do with Hogan. And they've been criticized largely for it. Um, do you think this does better for Roman Reigns, does better for WWE. Is he still the guy for them now? Um, that kind of stuff. What do you think? Oh, uh, yeah. There? I think he's still going to be their guy. And I think as soon as there's any type of speculation that we can get sold out crowds back into an arena, we're going to start to see the end of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. That, I mean, it's so easy because Paul Heyman on the drop of a dime can turn heel on Roman and bring back Brock or bring back another guy. And now we got Roman as a sympathetic baby face. Or if we keep having yeah. these no arena well, matches, we can go a little bit longer with the heel turn. So it's, it's I saw somebody speculating, this is full speculation, that they would go with Roman as the heel. They would go with Strowman still being the monster heel. But they would transition Wyatt and the Fiend to face. And I don't know how that would pull be pulled off well. Yeah, I mean they can because the fiend's cool, you know. Undertaker is cool. Yeah, right. I, could, I could see. Yeah, the Undertaker was faced many a times and was still cool. So yeah, yeah. And, and Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, we figured this out. He knows what the fuck he is doing. Right. Yeah. So if if they decide to do that, I think they can definitely do it. But again, I think the caveat with all of this is as soon as they say. Crowds can be back in the United States. Vince will say, all right, turn that son of a bitch baby face. We need merchandise. In well, the they arena. can, but he just may not have any in on an outdoor venue right now that he likes. True. That's true. Cause AEW has fans as well, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm thinking more of the bigger crowds, the SummerSlam, the WrestleMania yeah. crowds, that type. Yeah. Of- Cause yeah, they, he may like this Thunderdome. Normally they may be able to, you, I, 
don't put it past them where they do this Thunderdome for a year because COVID's going on. They're able to go back live for big crowds, right? But their house shows, they figure out that like they can just set up permanent residence somewhere, do this Thunderdome, and charge people a dollar for your hour on screen time, mm, right? Yeah. Like, and now they're making as much money as a fucking house show. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can definitely see that. That would not shock me at all. But again, I just think once we get back to air quotes normal, Vince will say business as usual, right? I mean, everything that he's ever done in his life has always been business as usual, and I think right now is a special time. So that's why they're taking a big chance because ratings across the board are just so far down uh, that it makes sense. You're playing with house money. You know, you turn Roman heel ratings can't go any lower. I mean, they can't, but you get what I mean. Uh, so you try to get a little bump and then you ride it out. And then once, like I said, crowds come, then you switch it back to paint by numbers. Roman's baby face. Paul Heyman doesn't like him anymore. And it's boring. What you were asking, though, I think Bray Wyatt can do anything. Babyface, tweener, heel, whatever. Like, that character can do to it. To me, so. you know what? I'm, I'm kind of interested in that. Let's see. A Fiend and Bray Wyatt face, Roman and Strowman are, are their biggest heels with Paul Heyman in the mix. Why not? Fuck it. It's, you know, it's storytelling. They're, they have gotten better about... What I talked about that kind of Lucha Underground tried to pull off and it just, I didn't like maybe the storytelling, but it's, it's more episodic like programming for their weekly shows, right? And then come your big event, then we get all your major matches. Well, let's talk about one more person that's in the fold with this Fiend, Braun Strowman, I guess Roman Reigns story. Uh, we saw her during the match, and that is uh, Alexa Bliss. Where is she going with this? Now, apparently, she's acting like it seems like a child with the pigtails and, and spinning the hair kind of. Yeah, uh, but it's like that Harley Quinn kind of thing again, right? She did that for a little bit. Yeah, well, she did that as an homage to Harley Quinn. This feels like she is Harley Quinn. Or, right. Or is she just going batshit crazy and maybe she ends up in a straight jacket uh, and she does the so, Nikki Cross well, better than Nikki Cross? Team Little Big could, could be heel, right? They could be a heel couple, right? That could be interesting, the monster and her crazy ass. Or they could do that face turn with the Fiend White and her, like, a, you know, that maybe that could... Maybe that could be the the switch. We get a love story that gets us like a liking the fiend. Yeah, who knows? Or she becomes just this ultra violent heel, and she summons the fiend whenever she wants, and she starts you know identifying guys that she just yeah, doesn't she can like do anymore. Weird shit too, right? right? She made a deal with the devil. Exactly, right? Same deal with the devil he did. Or, or maybe, or even more fun, which they won't do. But maybe the fiend made a deal with her. <laughs> Yeah, they won't do it. No, they're not going to do any of this fun yeah, shit. Maybe she's the devil this whole time. Right. Maybe the, she's fiend, always had that little. Yeah. Maybe the fiend stare. has fallen to Alexa bliss's will and Alexa bliss holds the keys to whatever she's the, the fiend higher is. power. You know what I'm saying? She's sister Abigail, but in Alexa bliss me the whole time. <laughs> oh God. She could easily be sister Abigail, right? The, yes. The spirit of sister Abigail has overtaken me. And then the fiend is like, you are sister Abigail. And he sees her as that He's fooled by it. Yep. yep. There you go. Fuck. She that's could fake stupid. it. Or, yeah. Or she could even really be it. Fuck it. Like, and she could have just been faking the whole time and he's just nuts. Yeah. And she's been playing him the whole time. Oh, and then you can do a cinematic match where she falls into the fucking lake or river, whatever we're calling it. And then she comes back and she's regular Alexa bliss and she's having 
seven minute matches with uh, Natty. You know, like we could easily just get out of that too. So hey, I kind of like Natalia and Lana. I like they're annoying as shit. They're they're kind of doing the Iconics better than the Iconics who are broken up, but. Uh, they're annoying as fuck, and they go out and they're just like, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> uh, and she's the boat. I like, I like it because she looks like a boat. <laughs> Seeing those shoulders, she can fucking... that's a great, that's a great like heel thing of 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 play on the goat. Like I like it. I like what they're doing. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I guess I'm just exhausted, and it's not her fault. It's totally my fault. Tweet the table. Say how much of a jackass I am. I totally get it. But I'm just exhausted with Natty slash Mickey James, or in this case, both of them, always being a placeholder until we can figure out what we're going to do. It's always, hey, uh, we're going to go with Becky Lynch, Charlotte, uh, Sasha Banks, um, you know. Yeah, sure. All these sure, other but people. I am watching whatever the fuck's in front of me right now, and she's doing the best she's ever done. And with Lana, like, Lana's getting better too. You know what I mean? They both just ooze this, like, dislikable because they you know, are like, dislikable. Would you, would have you, you ever, shut the fuck up? Yeah. Have you ever seen their social media? They are dislikable. God, right. they are the worst. And that's them being so, normal. Well, so there you go. Then fuck it. Like, let's put it on and crank it up to 11 and let's go, right? They're the they're the original. Like, they're nowhere near as good. I'm not comparing. But, like, remember when Michaels and Triple H first started and before they became, like, DXDX, you were like, these guys are fucking just jackasses, mm-hmm. right? Like... And it was great. And that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. For now. Who the fuck knows? You right. know what I mean? I like it for now. That's what I'm saying. They're a great placeholder. Or I shouldn't say they're great. They're a, uh, they're a fine placeholder until they decide to She's pull the, the trigger. Yeah. Until they decide to pull the trigger on Bianca Belair or Shayna Baszler or whatever. <laughs> She's the boat. All right. What else did you like from the uh, wacky world of pro wrestling? What, what do you think about Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, Rey Mysterio, Dominic? I just wanted Rey Mysterio to turn on Dominic while the whole family was there. Join the order. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, I guess maybe we're going to move away from maybe Murphy's. Uh, who the fuck knows? At, at least it's leaving me with who knows. And I want to see what happens next. I'm just so bummed that I feel Seth Rollins is doing even better heel work than when he was with the authority and it's being wasted on one note Rey Mysterio. Someone as good as Seth Rollins with the promos and the storytelling, I feel like we could have got a Kevin Owens in that spot instead of Rey Mysterio where then they can play off of each other with promos and highlight packages and things like that. And Rey Mysterio is just doing the same thing. Credit to him again. In ring, he is moving around like it's 1998, which is just mind-boggling insanity, like that he can still do all those moves. It's it's astronomically yeah, sure. incredible. I just don't like him. Yeah, but his, his promo is... You said Rollins, or yeah. and then Dominic is fine. I get it. He's great, or he's not great, but he's serviceable. There it is. I Thumbs feels up. like he'd be great in NXT. Yeah, Seth Rollins is doing so great, and you have Kevin Owens sitting calling commentary for a Street Profits match. You know, yeah. it's like what are we doing? And I know we did that, Kevin Owens. Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I'm not saying we have to do Kevin Owens. I'm just saying there's other people I think we could have told this story of the Monday Night Messiah with other than Rey Mysterio, and it would have been better. You know what made me grin 
really uh, about when I watched Payback. When Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler won the Women's Tag Team Championship, how annoying Nia Jax was when she's just like, what? Shut up! And she's just like running around the ring. And Shayna Baszler's like getting annoyed. She's like, yeah, we're definitely not friends. You know? Yeah. And she's like, and she's just like, in front of the camera, like, <laughs> just like, fuck, what are you going to do about it? I love that. And what a cool, going back to payback as we kind of popcorn around with the world of WWE, how cool of a finish was that to have uh, Shayna Baszler put a toll hold on Sasha Banks, then get a rear naked choke on Bailey, and then grab Sasha Banks' arm to choke Bailey to have Bailey lose the tag team championships. She had Sasha Banks choke her. I love that partner. story. They're telling, they're intermixing that story with Bailey and Sasha Banks, where Sasha kind of keeps getting screwed out of everything, and it's not her fault necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that storyline, it's it's great. I don't know if they've got new writers during this COVID thing, or they just finally like were like, okay, well we got to start figuring shit out, you know, and really just kind of really hone in. But all of that kind of things, right? Like all of these are intermixing, and just maybe they've allowed them to just be a little more loose too because like Nia Jax feels a little more just loose Mm -hmm. she's still not good yeah but but that felt real that felt so real yeah I agree I believe maybe some some restrictions are being taken off to where they're allowed to be a little silly in the ring like Nia Jax was speaking of people being silly in the ring I wanted to get your thoughts as we continue with this storyline. Retribution. What's your uh, what's your takeaway of Retribution? I saw one of these, you know, like, this is an insider, you know, uh, and they said that the idea was brought up and they just ran with it. And now they're just like having to wing it until they figure out what they're going to do with it. And that's exactly what this fucking feels like. Yeah, I think a phrase that my dad used to say, I will apply it to retribution and that's a uh, shit or get off the pot. And it feels what like, the fuck is it? Yeah. What are we doing? Okay. You're, you're throwing around funny lights. Uh, you're beating up people. I do like that wrestlers are running away from them, right? You saw Garza abandon that. Who the fuck is that blonde girl, by the way? Is she a fucking wrestler? She's Bachelor in Paradise. Fuck that. She was on Bachelor in Paradise, and she was the first. This is interesting. She no, it was isn't. one of the first people on Bachelor in Paradise to have a same-sex relationship, because now this is like all about nonsense now i don't know if she's like bi or whatever you know but like my wife told me that because she watches all of that shit i know i only know this through my wife because i was like hey there's somebody on like one of the bachelor shows on wrestling i had to like look up her name on google and she was like she's doing what (laughs) so she was kind of like wait a minute and told me all that but yeah so bachelor in paradise well fucking i I mean i like it for that storyline because you know i like how garza was like i'm gonna save you i'm gonna do all this and then the moment like he was face to face with yeah he ran off (laughs) when they ran and that makes retribution look a little bit more than just silly pranksters right I, i i like that part of what they're saying with retribution one quick takeaway though that girl put her on a fucking island and leave her there she sucks she's the goddamn worst uh, she's Kevin Federline bad, and she's been on the TV multiple weeks, which fucking yeah, aggravates me. Yeah, she's on me. one of the Bachelor shows. I don't man. give a shit. Fucking put well, her that's back on why, Yeah, island. you know it's going to be bad. Like, well, have you ever seen any of those? Go find a hey, real world or something person. During the Strowman wyatt Reigns match before Reigns showed up, uh, they're on the outside and they're on the table, but the announcers are just standing by the table, but then, like, the Bray Wyatt goes like, to 
to fucking Cole and he jumps over the guardrail. He's like, ah! And he yeah. fucking, like, it's the funniest thing of the night. I don't know if you should go back and watch it. It was so hilarious. Oh, yeah. Michael Cole, when he can, you know, given an opportunity, he can do some fun stuff. But he, like, kept doing commentary, too. He was like, ah! And he jumped over and he's like, Bray Wyatt is like, like, he's like, <laughs> like chicken shit running. Yeah, look at, yeah. look he's at, following script. Yeah, look at the fiend. I'd be scared, too. But what do you, okay, so going back to Retribution, what do you think happens here? Is, is it someone, is it a Paul Heyman group and then Roman is leading that? Because one thing that I've read, if we're going to peek behind the curtain, is that uh, they've never attacked while Roman was on the show. So maybe it's Roman's group. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know at all. I hope, at this point, I kind of just want it to go away. Because what could it be that's going to be interesting at this point? They went aces and eights with this at this point. That's a great analogy. Good. Spot on. Aces right? and eights. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. I just want them to do something. I just want the payoff. That That's what I want because I'm tired. Like It's not consistent, you know, and maybe that's the frustration why I should hate them because they're not hijacking the entire episode, but they need or, to do something. Or, or shenanigans happen all the time. Let's just forget about it. And they go, they are being led by our truth to fight the ninjas. Yeah. I'm Hey, which, Hey, by the way, Tozawa pulling up and they're like name. And he's like, Akira Tozawa. These are my ninjas. And then like the ninja pops his head out of the car. <laughs> that was some of the best, man. I love that. It was okay. I'm the 24 title, 24 <laughs> seven title has, I think ran its course, but it's fine. Another thing that may have ran its course that I wanted to get uh, some feedback on, uh, raw underground still into this yeah. or, or well here we're done with here uh, at double a underscore wir remember double a oh yeah yeah met double a he came here to old kansas city uh you know the chiefs uh are in kansas city they won the super bowl had their super bowl ring ceremony this week um, i don't know if we've ever mentioned that they won the super bowl but oh did you see uh, that ring in... hold on time out did you see that ring tim that super uh, bowl oh ring? i saw the ring yeah oh. i saw the super bowl ring oh so beautiful so yeah. beautiful. And then Mahomes gave a ring, like he got a ring, gave a ring, because he's just a great guy like that, right? He's a great guy. The best quarterback in NFL, the world's best sport. But anyway, at AA underscore WIR says, if Raw Underground goes longer than 10 episodes, I will be shocked. This is worse than Raw's Darkest Hour that lasted maybe two episodes. Hashtag tweet the table. I don't think it's worse than Raw's Dark Hour, where that just made no sense. We just turned off the lights, but we still gave you a 10-minute Sami Zayn match. this at least is a is better than that yeah because nothing again what could be the payoff what could it be like again they didn't use this for a storyline they were like this will be edgy and people will like it but okay if everybody liked that so much what are you gonna make the whole fucking show that no you're not gonna do that so like again if you're not using it in a storyline what does it fucking matter and they're not they're just moving storylines in and out of it like with the iconics like she sold her out even though they broke up which what is that about apparently the bobby lashley and and the those guys get to just run house whenever they go in there Lashley's the champ, by the way, United States. (laughs) Like, I don't know. All of that's weird. I think it serves a good purpose for squash matches to get the new talent over, right? Uh, Whenever we choose to pull the trigger on Arturo Huas, we can at least say he won 10 times in Raw Underground, and now he's making his, you know, proper debut on Monday Night Raw against 
uh, Titus O'Neil, you know, whatever, right? And I do think if they use it, yeah, but when those guys get disqualified a lot, well, we'll see. That's the thing, right? Now we get to see him in a real match, not just some underground fight. Is Arturo Ruas good? Bout. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever <laughs> silliness. If they use Raw Underground, With no though, shenanigans. Exactly, no shenanigans. But if they use Raw Underground to serve more storylines, like you brought up the Iconics, then I think Raw Underground is great because then it can replace random backstage promo. If I see Charlie Caruso eight times in an episode, I'm going to turn off my television. So if you can get those stories told in raw underground, well, I'm okay with raw underground. Then the thing that I think would make it interesting is we need maybe a power struggle with Because the only thing that doesn't make sense to me where I just check out is Shane McMahon. Shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? Get in there or go away because why do you run that? Wouldn't someone else want to run it if it's on a network television? Millionaires like to make money. And if this is on network TV, they want to own it. He's the part of Raw Underground I don't like. Titus O'Neil should have won, I think, there. Like, if you're like, why? why, Titus O'Neil would beat the shit out of everybody in there, right? No, he's old. He's like 67. He is old. That's true. He is old. I forgot he's old. And look how he runs. He can't even run correctly. He fucking almost kills himself running. It's true. He's got way too long on limbs that he doesn't know what to do with. Well, and also remember, people can look good getting off the bus, but then not know what the fuck to do because they have two left feet. And Titus O'Neil fits that. Yeah, the underground just, I, you know, I don't know. I don't like it. You know what else I don't like? The Randy Orton Keith Lee feud has done a great job at making me not give a shit about either of these guys now. Like you just ruined the momentum of both of these motherfuckers. Well, I mean, well, hold on. You can't ruin the momentum of Keith Lee. He beat Randy Orton, the number one heel in five minutes. Like that's pretty fucking crazy, right? I guess. But like this, this is all just, I don't know, all over Drew McIntyre. Like, well, you just don't like these guys, but I like the story. I like the story, and I like that triple threat. That triple threat was the first time it felt as if it was a big match on Monday Night Raw because I really didn't know where they were going to go. Were they going to go friend versus friend, Keith Lee? Were they going to go away from the Rey Mysterio thing and do the Monday Night Messiah? Or were they going to go back uh, to the well with Randy Orton? Speaking of Drew McIntyre, let's go back to the Tweet the Tables, our last Tweet the Table of the evening. That's why, you know, we, we could have a few more of them, but if we had a you know a few more good ones, so you at home, use hashtag Tweet the Table on Twitter. At uh, the ultimate one, remember that dude, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. He says, at TMAC underscore E16, follow that guy. He says, uh, what do you got against cat guys? I take pictures with my cat, hashtag Tweet the Table, and he posted a, uh, you can go to our Twitter feed, you can see this. He's got a, a picture of him with his cat. Yeah. He wants to know what's up. Yeah, I responded on uh, Twitter from my personal account, TMAC underscore 816. Uh, nothing. I have nothing against cat guys. But there's, you know, there's a cat guy. Like, you know what I'm hey, saying you know when what? there's Ultimate a cat one, guy. one, you know what? You're not the world champion either. Right, exactly. But there's there's cat guys. I'm a dog guy. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying when I'm, when I'm saying I'm a dog guy. Uh, so that's all I mean. You know, I got both. You're a cat guy. I don't think you're a cat guy. I know you I have like the cats better. I think you like cats better. I think I like one of my cats better than I like the dogs. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's the one that act. It's the one that goes on walks with us, and so he's kind of acting like a dog. Right, but then he has the cat mentality where he doesn't need you. Yep. Yeah. 
You are such a selfish prick. The disconnect. Yeah. Look at you. You are. A, <laughs> what a cat guy. It's cold hearted. Yep. What a cat guy. Hey, that's hashtag Twitter. We love the ultimate one. He's one of the coolest. Just period. He's one of the coolest. All the people that tweeted the table uh, for the last two weeks have been awesome. Love it. I like it. Again, come with the come with the ruckus. That's all I'm saying. Don't ask the me. The ruckus. Yeah, don't do a hashtag tweet the table. What do you think hey. about Ray Mysterio's new shoes? I don't give a fuck, but come with some ruckus and we'll read it on the podcast. That's what we're hey, saying. Hey, speaking of ruckus, your favorite wrestler is back. Tom, Sami Zayn, and nobody wants him there. Love it. I love Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is the best. I he's like got the title. He's like, look, I never lost this, so what's up, right? Mm-hmm. And I like his new logo. Have you seen the new logo from his uh, yeah. entrance where it has the uh, mask or the, the like tape around his uh, lips where it kind of looks like he's maybe a Fidel Castro kind of thing? I don't know. Maybe it looks like I that. I like it. I love him. I love him on Twitter. He's amazing in the ring. He kind of looks like a hobo now, which makes me even more like him. He's back. Jeff Hardy, fucking get out of here. Couldn't have come at a better time because peeking behind the curtain, AJ Styles has COVID, so he ain't going to be around for a couple weeks. Uh, so now we got Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy. Love, love Sami Zayn. And the Nakamura and uh, Cesaro were kind of like, hey, Sammy, we're kind of doing our own thing, pal. He's like, can you go? <laughs> yeah. I Sami Zayn as the, you know, a better version of CM Punk's voice of the voiceless, but annoying. I think it's great. Love it. Sami yeah. Zayn, the best. And then what do you think of uh, this Big E thing, man? I think they are. This has all been a work with the Miz thing, but I don't know if it's still got more legs or this is just what they're just like trying to establish Big E wants to be the comedy guy and he's like putting his foot in the ground. Hey, again. Which is a mistake. Well, look, if that's what you want to do, Big E and New Day, cool. But just know what I want to do if you want to do that is turn the channel. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If, if you want to do that, I will fast forward if it's recorded, or I will turn it to an NBA game, uh, hey, coming up NFL game, yeah. or baseball game. I can tell you, if that's what you want to do, and that's what you did do with Kofi, that's why I think what I thought about Kofi, what we said last episode. Yep. And I love comedy. Comedy is my other love other than pro wrestling. I love comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I worked at stand-up comedy club. Shout out Dustin Kaufman, Comedy Club of Kansas City, right? We love comedy over here. We like to be funny, but... You got to do it right. Look at Chris right. Jericho. Chris Jericho can do it right. One of the funniest human beings in wrestling. Yeah. Orange Cassidy so far has been doing it right. I'm not saying, you know, do it their way. Do it your own way. But you got to do it great. I just, right? well, for me, it just feels like it's the same joke. To a certain extent, Orange Cassidy is the same joke as well, but he puts a little twist on it each and every week. They're legitimately coming out still with pancakes. No, they're the same joke. Yeah, he's he's got a gimmick that is the same joke, but the gimmick is being run through a gauntlet of new stories. Like, they are the same joke every time. Yeah. And they're the dun, 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 right. like we go out and we're like ah ooh ah <laughs> right yeah yeah it's just it's the same thing and even uh not to just bury Big E as we kind of wrap up this episode but Miz you're the same thing you know I know you did yep. some reinventions but even your your reality shows doing the same fucking thing you're moving again 
Who cares? I already saw that episode. It was week, you know, season two or whatever it was. You're doing the same thing again, where it's like, is it moving hard? Reality show. And then your character is, yeah, I was a movie a, star. Isn't you that cool? You host a fucking tongue-in-cheek game show. Which, hey, I like that game show uh, when it's on. I don't seek after it, but if it I shows up. I haven't watched it at all. Is it good? Yeah. Remember uh, Wipeout? Remember when Wipeout? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. People, is he good on it? Like, is he funny or is he just well, canned humor? Bullshit? Yeah, it's canned. You know, it's all the stuff. Yeah. But again, hey, anyone that fucking falls down is funny. I don't care. Well, that yeah, will, it's easy money too. For right. the, I, I would, I wouldn't turn that down at all. I'd be like, yes, I will sit here and read your stupid jokes, right. About somebody falling down, right? Because that will be funny. And sure, I can read what you wrote for it, even though that's not funny. Yeah, it will always be funny when someone falls down. Not on purpose. Love it. Every single time. Yeah. But going back to my original point, uh, you know, for as much as we're giving Big E and the New Day as a whole a bad rap for paint by numbers each and every week, Miz and even Morrison, who's been around for about a cup of coffee, doing mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like, okay, I know what this yeah. is going to be. Bye-bye. I thought this would be cool when it came back, but they have done nothing new and they're just not cool. Right, Miz and Morrison? Well, and they're older. Right, it, it, it's more, it's harder to become relevant when you're ten years older. Yeah, do we know anything about Morrison's actual personal life? Like, is he still going out and doing like hookers and and whiskey and like you know like I don't, I know, think I don't he, know if he was ever doing hookers and whiskey. Well, he's married. <laughs> he's not a whiskey type. It looks to me. <laughs> he's married to an uh, an impact star. Uh, I can't. Oh, okay. I can't remember her name. Right. But yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, yeah, Biggie, he's fine. But if you're going to keep having pancakes and throwing your gear or you're throwing your jacket at Corey well, Graves it. each week, yeah. I'm out. And his, he even does the Cleveland and then fucking talks about being tag team champs. Like, dude, what? Well, that I, that's why I wonder if this is to establish a turn right into something new. Like they're they're making us go like, Jesus, this is played out. I agree with. Big E coming out right now as a solo act needing to drop the well because it isn't a new day. It's Big E, you know? Right. So come out as Big E. Do something. Right. Big e. That's what I mean. I wonder if this is setting the seeds for him to finally be like, you know what? Fuck y'all. Y'all want to see it? Right. And then, Hopefully. You, you know, maybe he goes back to the I need five. Give me five. Right. The thing that I get worried about uh, as we say that, and that would be somewhat cool is I need a hero, and I can't... Who's my, who's my hero? Well, here we go. Tom. Pothead Matt Speaking Riddle? of the same song and dance, we're going to do something that we've done probably 100,000 times on this show. Tom? We're going to end it. 300 episodes. <laughs> nope. We are going to do T-Max story time. Tom. Oh, okay. Big E. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I would... Here's the thing that they're handcuffed with because it was proven by Keith Lee is you can't have new music because the new music's going to fucking suck. CFO money or whatever they're called is not in-house anymore. So their their in-house music right now is garbage. So you can't do a new New Day song or a new Big E song because it's going to sound like dial up Internet. It's going to fucking be horrible, just like Keith Lee's uh, music is. So that is already your handcuffed. So you got to stick with the New Day song. <laughs> sound like dial-up internet. That's what Keith Lee's fucking music sounds like. And he looks like fucking Venus Williams. It's God, what the fuck? He's so cool in NXT. And what the hell? It's a step That's over. That's what I'm saying. Like, And the, the Randy Orton thing was going dark and weird. And now it just doesn't feel that way. Like, I, That's what I'm... Like, they connected two storylines at the wrong time. 
Yeah, possibly. I, I, I agree. I'm still being a little bit positive and patient well, on and that. And in hindsight, we know Karrion Cross got injured and they weren't expecting that. Like, they shouldn't have pulled that trigger. They should have kept the Keith Lee thing going there. But, you know, what are you going to do now? Right. But with Big E... I would just make him, you know what would be fucking cool? I know it's Raw Underground, but make him on SmackDown get frustrated that no one wants to face him. He's literally walking out and people are like, "Hey man, you're you're a fucking badass. I'm not I'm not going I'm not going to wrestle you." And you could have that would be a kind of a new wrinkle with Miz or Morrison where they're like, "Hey, we wrestled you last week. We don't want to do it again. Like my ribs hurt. I'm done." And then he looks around and he's like, who wants to wrestle me? And everyone's like, not me, man. I'm good. I got a match with, I got a match with uh, Chad Gable, not you. And then he shows up on raw underground. This is what I'm doing. Here you go. Here's T-Max story time. So you do that one week with Morrison. You, then you do it the next week with Miz. Then on the third week, he's legitimately just walking backstage and everyone's kind of doing the look up in the lights because they don't want to make eye contact. And he get, just gets frustrated and he storms off. Then the next raw you have uh, that Moss, that Riddick Moss guy beat up some jobber. And he's like, who who wants some? Who wants some? And again, because it's an underground fight club, fucking Big E shows up. And he just... In a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah throws the hoodie back. Then you see his face. He jumps in there. Everyone's like, you're a SmackDown guy. He goes, not tonight. And he just fucks everyone up. And you do three segments of that, right? So you beat up Riddick. He like holds a guy down. He's doing pushups on him. Well, no. Yeah. So you do one (laughs) segment where he reveals himself. He beats up Riddick Moss. Then you do a second segment where you come back to raw underground and he beats up Dolph Ziggler. Then you do a third segment where he beats up uh, the Viking Raiders, both guys at the same time. And then Shane McMahon's like, Hey, we got to stop this. You're, you're too violent. And then he goes back to, Smackdown, and he's like, he gets in the ring, starts off the show, grabs the microphone, doesn't do the all, all that stuff. He's just in the ring. That's how we start the show, and he's just demanding to fight someone. I want to fight someone. I want to fight someone. Someone's going to fight me. And then you know who it is? It's Braun Strowman. And then you just get two big meaty motherfuckers running into each other, slapping their meat against each other, and that's fucking cool. <laughs> Huh? They're going to slap their meat against each other. That's what you do. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Two big meaty men smacking meat against each other. And then, because then that way you can do the fiend Bray Wyatt with maybe Alexa Bliss taking on, as a baby face, taking on Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. The third man, right? The odd man out in that is Braun Strowman. So Braun Strowman's looking for a fight. Big E just did all his stuff for the last month. And then Braun Strowman, Big E, that elevates Big E because that's a former world champion. And then it gives Braun Strowman someone who's, you know, as the same strength as him. Boom, right there. Fucking that's awesome. I'm the man. Mm. Yeah, like I would move him to Raw because, look, you've got Strowman, Roman Reigns. You've got the Fiend. Like Big E is not going to be in the world title scene anytime over there, right? If you have him power slam Braun Strowman. I think you could make an easy case that next up is Roman Reigns. And also, you want to be careful because uh, even though diversity is great, you don't want to just put all the black guys on the same show, right? Because then, then you got a pretty white SmackDown 
roster and you got a pretty pretty black raw roster so you gotta you gotta show that you're diverse and not just we put all these guys in one corner all all those guys guys. so-called raw might not be a great idea right so Uh, right i think i think you do that i think you show him as the badass that he is he has one big explosion that catches everyone's attention then he demands a fight the third man out in the main event pictures, Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman, Big E, elevates Big E, yeah. keeps Braun Strowman, boom, boom, boom. But we're both sold. You've got to get him away from this pancakes, unicorns, bright colors. Like, he's got to, like, uh, take out your chest and show that you look like an upside-down pear. Like, you are right. a massive upper-bodied human being. Use it. Shoulder check some dude out of the ring. Shoulder check Braun Strowman out of the ring. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And then you've got, so now you've got some baby faces. So now we're not all doing heels here. Then you can say, I'm the big, strong. He's the new Atlas. Right. Right. Like he, he can carry the, you know what I mean? Like he can lift shit. He can do like all the girls love him because he's just so strong. Right. Yeah. He's Lex Luger with personality and charisma. Exactly. Right. So then there's that, right. He does have that like natural demeanor where he wants to be the party. Right. And he wants to get everybody singing and clapping. And, like, somebody's trying to ruin that all the time, but they can't because he's Superman and he just fucking throws him out the window, right? Yeah, and then your two top baby faces on SmackDown, well, your your Fiend is your cool baby face, right? The the Undertaker baby face. You know, that's a weird baby right, face. Right, but, but then you got the kid's baby face. And that's Big E. And then you get your uh, adult males. He's Hulk Hogan for 2020. But then your adult male baby face is pothead RVD, but in the new form of Matt Riddle. There you go. Yes. There's your three baby faces. Your three heels are Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and then you can do Sami Zayn. That's your three big heels. That's what I'm doing with my six top guys. Fuck, I'm great. God damn. Someone, hire T-Mac. Someone pat me on the back. Oh, I'll do it myself. I'm the Z-Man. Fuck, I'm great. That's how we end that episode. Well, we didn't hit NXT, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Say what yep, you said off a, air. There was a four-way, uh, what do you think? Well, say what you said off air about the Shawn Michaels comment. Say that. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm attributing this to somebody I saw on Facebook. They said, boy, I'm really shocked that a a Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels at the helm with creative uh, ended in a tie. They need to go to sudden death. Just shocked, I tell you. Uh, but as we said, um, this is not sudden. Yeah, yeah. they get a week. <laughs> right. This is very not sudden. This yeah. is very this is very not sudden at all. I thought it was weird. I thought the match was really good. It flew by. The hour just coasted by. I, I didn't feel like I was checking my watch or, or fiddling on my phone as much. It was a very solid match. For that reason, though, I wish there was a winner. I understand they're doing another Tuesday show. They need you to hook in for uh, one more week here on a Tuesday night. But you know what? No, these two should go a 60 man or a 60 minute Iron Man match. Then fuck it. That's what should happen. Then I would buy into it more. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. If you're going to say this is sudden air quotes death. The uh, winner is going to win an Iron Man match to get it. Right. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Who do you got though? So it's Adam Cole, Finn Balor. Do you're putting the title back on Adam Cole who just had it? What? You know, two months ago or you go back to Finn. If you're smart, you go Balor because again, it's an easy way to be like two time. Right. Who they said there's only been a couple two time NXT champions, right? He was the first one. 
or yeah, Samoa Joe was the first one. I think did Finn win it back from Joe? No, because Joe lost it to yeah. No, Joe lost it to Nakamura. I don't remember who the other second one is, but so there you go. You know what I mean? Like, be the you first say second, maybe yeah. third time, right? Yeah. But either way, it's an easy one because it's COVID. There's storylines. We had a sudden fucking departure. That's where you get a guy like Finn Balor. The, his title ring, which is why he he's there to prop up new talent, right? Because he's got the mm-hmm. sh- whatever you say, the schmutz or whatever they say, right? Of of the main roster, right? So this is an easy time to get him a title. When you go, oh shit, who who can we put the title on? Like we just did Adam Cole, we just took it away from him to try to prop up this whole thing. Now if we just put it back on him, like we're just widely being like, yeah, we made a mistake. I agree. Uh, I think you can also do some fun things where if he fails. The undisputed era, the other three members look at him and say, "Maybe you're not the leader of this group anymore." And then we get to yeah, some baby. dissension. Yeah, maybe we get some inner turmoil and some storytelling with undisputed era. And like you said, yeah, maybe he's like, maybe this this group would be better if it was led by Kyle O'Reilly, baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he says. But like you said, Finn Balor is there to prop up new talent. And that's what he was doing before this sudden push into the main event picture where he was, you know, in matches with Timothy Thatcher, Damian Priest. So now he's doing it with the title or hopefully he's doing it with the title. And then, yes, someone new can emerge from this and be like, oh, shit, now we got a new guy. So I just man, I love Ciampa. What do we do with Ciampa in the meantime? Like, like now, what does he do? Like, he lost Gargano, lost again. We talked about these guys possibly being like lifers while people move in and out. But what do they do now? Like, who are they going to face? What are they going to do? I guess you know, like a thick boy could eventually take on one of these dudes, but he's starting something too. So, well, Damian Priest needs a dancing partner. Maybe it's Tommaso Ciampa and Damian Priest. Yeah, they're going for the you know. But again, are we just going to have them lose to? Damian Priest. I, I think a fun story you could tell with Tommaso Ciampa and Damian Priest is have Damian Priest party a little bit too much. Maybe do something even cooler than just partying a little bit too much. Have his partying affect his matches to where he doesn't show up to one. Right? Right. So they Damian Priest, and they show him backstage, and he's still in the hot tub with those two girls. And they're like, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be in a match. He's like, not doing this week. Co- doing cocaine off of one? Well, I mean, that would be what, what we would write. But you get what I'm saying. For <laughs> NXT. That's what we would write? Yeah, I would write that. Yeah, that's what we would write. Yeah. <laughs> but have him in the hot tub, and he's like, guys, I'm I, I'm not leaving this hot tub. Look at these women. Like, I'm not getting out. And then so it's a yeah, four. Just have him be WWE's version of RVD. Yeah, the the today's RVD. I still want Matt Riddle to be like all time. You know, well, yeah, no, today's RVD did this right. He had like a damn near live sex celebration. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have him do the live sex. I would just say that Damian Priest would tell the officials, "I'm not. I'm gonna party. Like, I'm not yeah, I'm making. Here. I've got champagne. I've got some lady friends." And then so Tommaso Ciampa changes it up a little bit and becomes that locker room leader that he keeps telling everyone on Twitter that he is. And then he's like, you need to straighten up. And if you don't straighten up, I'm going to straighten you up uh, on my, you know, on the roster's behalf. And then you get a mentor mentee kind of storyline. And you don't get a hold of title in here and act like it's a damn right. Yeah, I agree. All right, I like that. Okay. Yeah, that was about it for NXT. Everything else was kind of, it was filler because that was an hour long match. So you can't do too much stuff, but it was really yeah. good. I thought Thatcher and Bronson Reed was a match. I mean, Thatcher got the win. Thatcher's awesome. Thatcher's I love awesome. Thatcher. I just I, again, I don't know that I would have connected those two right now. I would be trying to build both of these these guys. Yeah, but maybe they don't have enough bodies right now. Yeah, what do you do? I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? 
Sorry. All right, man. Well, let's uh, wrap this up. We'll recap our all-out picks offline to make sure we're both uh, staying true. And then oh, uh, and you're so gonna lose. You're gonna. I'm gonna lose. I'm God so, damn it, I'm gonna lose. Yeah, I'm so happy that you took the Nightmare Family. What an idiot! Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all right. I'm gonna get the Lance Archer. That's gonna cancel that out. And then we're down to Sammy and Matt. I think it's Sammy and Matt is really where it all lies. No, not even close. You are so wrong. All right, man. Well, <laughs> get ready. Uh, by the way, listeners, uh, get ready uh, here in the next couple days. We'll get the choices for you to pick uh, Tim to dance out to. Uh, and vote on that on our Twitter. For Tom to dance out to. Yeah. Oh, man. You're going to look so silly. The Spanish announce table.